Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziegler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, divide your time between I, we, and us. So your time, especially your personal time, has three components. Uh, The time you give to I, yourself, is vitally necessary. We time would be working together or parenting or the duties of life, even social engagements. Us is intentional focus time on the relationship like date night, for instance. Well, this highlights the relationship spoke on the Ziegler Wheel of Life for Stephen and Mara Klemek, my guests from show 753, where we talked about the four principles of behavior that rule our lives. Well, this is my first time doing the habits show with a couple, and it was really valuable to hear how they make room to accommodate differing habits and to cater to differing personalities. We also discussed Mara's three bouts with cancer and the challenge of living up to their own message. Really interesting discussion there. And the reality that these authors and speakers are, as they say, dreadful introverts, which is almost surprising. I think you're going to enjoy and get a lot of value from auditing this couple's habits together. And to quickly reference show 753 with the clinics, where we talked about their revolutionary heart styles indicator assessment, uh, it's only available to those who purchase the clinic's new book, Above the Line. But for Ziegler, listeners, I asked them to make it available immediately and at no cost. And they're doing so for the month of uh, January 25th, 2020 to February 25th, 2020. You can go to heartstyles.com slash Ziggler, follow the instructions there and use the access code Ziggler 2020. It's all in caps, Ziggler 2020 to get access to the indicator and assessment. Obviously, if you're listening after this, you can get their book, which I highly recommend above the line. Well, we'll get started right after I share some great products and services with you. Okay, this is always fun. I'm generally doing this with one person, so it's fun to hear two people, and especially a couple in here. You expect some things to be in line probably, but some things may be different, so uh, we'll enjoy this. So what do you guys do uh, in the physical and nutrition area of your life to be uh, at the level of success and health you want to be? Mm. Who do you want to start with? Okay. <laughs> we should start with, on this one, I think we should start with Stephen because okay. he leads the way. I fall fall, fall behind All right. with this one. Well, um, it's it's interesting you, you go, man, my dad passed when he was 62. Um, I grew up just saying I'm, I'm just going to stay fit and healthy. Um, my my um, activity-based, uh, I'm a... Um, skier, a rock climber, mountaineer. So there's just a part of me that's gone um, physically healthy um, and nutritionally healthy has just been a part of my lifestyle. It, it, when I say it's not hard for me, I've just made it mm. a habit that if I don't do it, I, I just feel that, that it's not me. Yeah. So um, I have a personal trainer. I see three times a week. I'll, I'll run. I'll go to the gym. I'll do anything I can to keep active and, you know, your, your steps. We live in London. We don't have a car, so it's fantastic. You've got to walk to the tube and walk here and walk there. I'm just walking around and I cycle. Um, so it, it's just been an incredible part of my lifestyle and 
And Mara's had a part of the marriage contract. <laughs> oh, the second page <laughs> the of the part marriage that she didn't contract. Read. I know, small Mara, print, missed that bit. Yeah, Mara's climbed mountains in the Himalayas <laughs> with me. We've, in fact, I know you live near Colorado Springs yes, and we've, we've climbed, climbed in Garden, Garden of, of the Gods. Gods so. yeah. I love that place. With all of that, we've, we've got a pretty good lifestyle when it comes to um, nutrition and yeah, I think nutrition. So I have had um, well, it's a long. That's another story from maybe another another time. But I, in my earlier years, I had a lot of uh, ill health. I've had cancer at oh, quite wow. a numerous amount, three times. Oh my goodness! Um, quite severely, in fact. Um, and so, really, since meeting Stephen, I I am absolutely convinced that the nu- nutritional aspects of our life, which we're pretty good with. Um, have really helped me. I just don't get sick. Uh, having said that, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, but that's, <laughs> whoops, um, uh, which I'm fighting off. So I'm, I was always very, very fit. And then the last few years I've sort of fallen. There's no excuse really, just other than being lazy. I've fallen down in that. So I'm getting back into my fitness. So I've got a, a personal trainer, um, like we cycle everywhere. I'm taking up boxing, oh, which nice. I'm actually really liking. It's a bit of a worry, really, of why I like that, going around hitting things, hopefully <laughs> yeah. not people. Um, yeah, so, but I think uh, the nutrition thing for us is really, that's a, a sort of non-negotiable. And we've always taken supplementary nutrition. Yeah. I know some people don't believe in that, but because we, we're on aircraft, mm. planes, trains and automobiles, oh, we, yeah. we fly around the world. We're in different climates. Um all of the time, and we've always taken supplementary nutrition, and it's it's and served, served as well. As well. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, mm. I don't know if this is. Um, I will just say this because I, I hope that it can help uh, the listeners. I have a theory that some people, and Stephen is one of these, need to. And I will use that word. Need to um, channel their emotional energy through their physical body. It's almost like a pressure cooker that it sort of builds up if they don't. And so for him, you actually do need, he's been a marathon runner and half marathons and all that sort of thing and, you know, goes for a run and (laughs) comes back, oh, darling, you've been gone a while. Oh, yes, I just did, you know, 18K, which is how many miles? 20-something, just for a little run on a Saturday morning. So his his body can do that. But for you, it's it's that mind-body connection that's, you know, you channel that um, you, your restlessness emotionally if you are having a stressful time, he actually, the best thing he can do is go and do some physical activity. The other part of the population of which I'm, I'm that um, tends to be, I always joke, it's a bit like osmosis, you know, a bit like a plant. You just sit, sit, sit on the couch, read your book, and it all kind of seeps out of you, yeah. you know, in a way that relaxes you. So in that respect, we're actually quite different yeah. um, and have had to learn to work that <laughs> when he says come on come out for a run I'm like, oh no that's the worst thing i, oh, can I just want to sit and read a book yeah, yeah. and Mara was like, uh can you go for a run <laughs> yes, go. go for a long run what a good idea you need to go for a run. <laughs> hey i i can say i am in your camp uh steven for ah. sure i yeah i just can't quite uh, deal with myself if I don't go and expend myself somewhere. Some, I've even told yeah. my kids that to some point because they look at it. I said, guys, what am I achieving? I, just so you know, there's, there, I'm not looking to be in the Olympics. I'm not uh, trying to be on a fitness magazine. I just do it because I can't quite handle myself otherwise. And it's mm. funny you said that, Mara, about go for a run. I spent you know, it was, it was, uh, in the middle of my pro cycling, uh, time period, we had a child who had some medical issues 
and changed our lives. And I spent two years, my only time in my life, two years without a, a physical focus. Uh, it wasn't mm. completely sedentary. I mean, we would go walk and whatever, but sure. not doing that. And it culminated with her buying me a bicycle and saying, please, honey, go out, not just ride. She said, go out and train. You are a better, <laughs> you're a better person when you train. So I, I understand that uh, very much. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. I, I, th- I think it's really hard just for people uh, that might be listening that just to get started. Yeah. Like I'm mm-hmm. coaching two, two guys at the moment. I'm so, so proud of them. They have lost 50, over 50 pounds. Wow. And all, all I ask them to do is to go for a walk. Put on a pair of headphones, listen to music you love, listen to podcasts if you want to, but just start. And they were so stuck. And, oh, it's just so encouraging. And, and like just to encourage anybody you know, physically who, who's feeling stuck, just go for a walk. And go and admire nature. And if you can find a park, because it's much nicer than walking around traffic. Now, both of these guys, um, have, one of them has got very much in a personal trainer and the other guy has just continued to walk, 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 walk and used the time for meditation or prayer or podcast. I'm so proud of them. And it was just a matter of getting them unstuck. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I see that as such a catalyst for people's personal development at large Mm. is Mm. addressing that issue. Well, so the second spoke here, family and friends, what are the things that you guys do, uh, for your own relationship and those closest to you to keep those relationships? Well, well, we entertain a lot. Yes, we do Um, entertain a lot. We, the English here think we're nuts mm. because we keep having barbecues even in winter. <laughs> we're Beautiful. true Australians. We'll barbecue. It doesn't matter. It'll be snow. We'll be out there barbecuing. Throw that shrimp on the barbie. I think one of the difficult things is we have a son and granddaughter in Australia and a, and a daughter travelling the world at the moment. Um, and having that, like, you know, you have Thanksgiving and they're scattered across the globe and trying to get us all together these days is difficult. Um, They're on with their own lives. And I think that's an area in in our lives that um, we'd like to be able, we're actually trying to work a plan this year because my son's 40 and saying, well, why don't we meet in Thailand? You fly halfway, we fly halfway, get our daughter somewhere and try and, and, and get together, at least have a little bit of family time because um, we just haven't had that for a, quite a few years because we've been in different countries. Well, last year was pretty good, though, um, here in Europe. So I think the other thing is the WhatsApp and, you know, Skype. We're, we're big WhatsAppers at the moment and FaceTime. Yeah. So that has become, that technology has changed everything, I think, for not just us, but I think for pretty much everyone else that's listening. Yeah. So it makes life a lot easier, yeah. even if it's, you know, 10 minutes to just catch up. Um, rather than you know, thinking, oh, I've got each time I speak to you on the on the video, I've got to spend an hour or two hours, you know, whatever. I think it's if you get that in your mind of you know what we just do it more regularly, but it could be a five minute call or ten minute call. You put the phone in front of you while you're cooking and have a good chat while you're doing that mm. um, or doing something else. That that I think is also great when you 
you know, you've got family that, like a lot of people, is not necessarily um, right next to you. So yeah. Yeah. that's And there's a lot of negativity around social media and I understand it can be, you know, completely addictive and, you know, Facebook is how I look and Instagram is who I am and all of that. But, I, uh, you know, the, the, the positive side of it is you're getting these snippets mm, of your friends' true. lives yeah. and, you know, there's nothing that beats a phone call or a Skype and there's nothing that beats face-to-face. We know that. But um, just getting those little snippets of each of, of, of our friends' lives around the globe is pretty good through those social media mediums. Yeah. How about you guys in the, in the, the aspect of you working together? So you a lot, and I know that can, that can often be, that can be a good thing. That can be a strain sometimes. Yeah. Well, can, let's talk about the I, the us, and the we. Mm. Okay. So we've actually put this in the book. Um, it's helped a lot of people. It, it was um, a thing that helped us a few years ago, quite a, quite a few years ago now. Mm. And we talk about uh, I time, so me personally and Stephen personally, and what does he, he you know, if he's running time, for instance, is, is his I time, my being quiet and not speaking to anyone, reading a book or just pottering around the house is my I time. The we time is generally when what we do together. So our work together is our we. And our for people who've got young kids, it's parenting is our we time. If you're in the you know in the community, it's you're working together in the community. Um, you're giving. It's basically when you're giving out to other people together. Okay. So there's that component. Then there's the third part of it, which is the us time, and that is purely spending quality time on our relationship, not with our kids, not with our friends, not in our work, but what brought us together, that the essence of of who we are is us. And what we've learned, because we spend 24 hours a day together every day, some people find that hard, but we've, we've, just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary and we've um, done a good job with it, I think, because we, we try to acknowledge, you know, have we been spending a lot of time in we time? And for us, that we time now, because the kids are grown up, is, is our work. And you can spend a lot of time talking about things, you know, that are, are mutual to you and you can forget to spend quality time together as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where for a lot of people they can recognise that, um, you know, where you're so focused on, on the children when they're younger that you give up some of your I time certainly and you give up a lot of your us time. Mm-hmm. And trying to, and then people try to recapture that later on but they might have lost quite a bit of, of traction with that because they haven't spent enough time focusing on, on us. So we mm. try to, to think about, you know, where I need some us time, some sorry, I time, some us time, and some we time. Oh, mm. I, I I appreciate that significantly. Yeah, being parents, I see it's so mm. easy to get wrapped up in the we time, and that is not the us time, the intimacy, the the mm. romance, the yes, uh, the in depth, right. and oh, it's it's a it's a consistent. We have a thousand mm. kids and now grandkids, and so yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, we have to make quite an effort. I think most people do. I, I, mm. I really appreciate that. And you said that was in the book, the, the I, the, yeah, us, the, I, the us and the we, because yeah, the book split into three sections, why yeah. we do what we do, what it looks like and how, and in the how to section, 
Yeah. We talk about, I think it's chapter seven or eight, where we're talking about relating. Um, because you, you go out on a date night, and often the date night is just talks about we, talks about the kids, talks about the grandkids, yeah. talks about the friends, talks about what that's not us time. It might just be the two of you, but if the whole conversation is all around we, that's not us time. Us time is how are you doing? How are you? What's happening for you, my darling? Yeah. What's happening for us? Are we in our best place? So it's very intimate. It's very honest. The other thing we've done in our relationship is we've given each other permission to coach each other. And I think one of the stories in the book we, we talked about when the, the big tsunami happened in uh, across India and Sri Lanka, Mara was called to Sri Lanka uh, to go and help uh, in that situation with trauma counselling. And um, I, I wasn't, and Mara has the qualifications. And even though we've done a lot of trauma counselling together, and she, we went to dinner, we had us time, and Mara waited for the moment of truth. And just waited for the right time. And then she said, darling, you know, I, I, I think you might be jealous. And of course I went, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not jealous. <laughs> not a chance. Um, and of course, and then she read me like a book because my answer just gave me away. Yeah. Anyway, graciously and uh, in a loving, beautiful way, Mara headed off and took me into the airport the next day. And she went off to Sri Lanka to help people. And then, you know, we've said to each other, if something, if we say something to each other, go and meditate on it, go and pray on it and dwell on it, which I did. And, of course, it didn't take long for me to realise, yes, I was very jealous. And I, I think those us times, if you give permission to coach each other, give permission to say, if you, if you say something, I am going to go away and think about it, um, has really helped in our relationship. I, I, and I found it. Uh, yeah. And I had missed it. It's chapter nine, page 207. So for reference <laughs> for folks who get the, get the book, there it is. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it open there because I want to read more on that. Uh, always an area I can grow in my marriage, especially in, um, yeah. well, three is the mental spoke. Uh, what are the things that you do to keep yourself? We've talked about to, what you do to keep yourself physically well and sharp, but what do you do for the mental side? Mm. Well, leaders are readers. So uh, as I shared, um, I started reading when I was 19 and we love learning mentally. Sleep. Sleep is so important and tiredness is just such a trigger. Um, jet lag which I can tell you all about because I've been up since three in the morning because we just got back from the US. Um, so mentally being able to get enough sleep. I never used to value sleep. I used to think, oh, God, I've got so much to do and it's such a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And I've got all of this and this and this to do. I didn't realise, that you know, but I'm walking around grumpy yeah. um, mm -hmm. because tiredness. Um, so continually learning, um, little things that we love doing, crosswords together and playing Scrabble. I think all of that stimulates the brain and stimulates. I think the brain is a muscle, so is the heart, as, as in if you're using it all the time and firing up those neurons. Playing Scrabble. There's a trigger. 
<laughs> I was going to say playing Scrabble lights up the easily offended one oh, in me. Yeah, the competitive. I, yeah, the competitive because I've, <laughs> I've always been, I come from a family that we absolutely prided ourselves on our language. Yep. And when we used to play Scrabble, it wasn't actually, well, none of us actually kept score. It wasn't about the score. It was actually about the best word, the most effective word and the most impressive word that you could have. And I started playing with Stephen. <laughs> whose vocabulary was at that stage a little bit different to mine. Now he's probably yeah. exceeded mine um, with his crosswords. But he'd, you know, put in one letter and he'd get 90 points. <laughs> and, I'd, you know, he'd put ox up in that corner uh-huh. and get 90 points. I would have, you know, I don't know, what's a, what's a good word? Definition or something, right. I don't know. Using it's impossible, but you know what I mean. Some word that was highly complex and extremely erudite and I'd get, Three. <laughs> so yes, that's been a good challenge. Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is mentally. My, uh, yeah, this will be a highlight habit show of all time because never <laughs> has somebody in the mental spoke mentioned Scrabble, which to me that is the holy ga- grail of all games. Um, I grew, I grew <laughs> oh. up in a words family. Scrabble was was number one, and today it still is. Most weekends, right now, my oldest son is uh, is back at home for a while. And he is, uh, he's incredible. And we, we play and we play for blood. Uh, oh and, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And it's the, the la- matter of fact, the last game last Sunday we played, both of us played all seven letters where you get an extra 50 points. We did Whoa. it. Tw- we did it twice. Both of us did. What? And the sucker still beat me. Um, <laughs> I was so disappointed because I, I felt so good about my game and I still lost i don't know how i could have done better not that we're competitive no 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 no, that is so funny no no you could do an entire show on people's issues with scrabble we should the self-identity and scrabble oh yeah i've got i've got family (laughs) memories of extended family and scrabble and people upset and now we're gonna they went below the line guys oh Uh, yes yeah there we go well thank you there we go thank you for that (laughs) This is Kevin Miller, and you are listening to The Ziggler Show, and we're walking through the seven spokes on the Ziggler Wheel of Life with Stephen and Mara Klemek in our Habit Show. Uh, I hope of you fellow Scrabble players out here enjoyed that last segment there. Um, next, I asked the Klemeks about their financial habits, and Stephen talks about ascribing to the economy of enough and really pondering and grappling with just that, how much is enough. Really interesting, and I'm going to give this to you right after I share some great products and services with you. All right, number four is financial. What do you guys? Uh, what are the, the strategies for your financial wellness? Uh, well, one of the things I admire about Stephen is that he well, I admire quite a number of things, but one of them is he's got this little phrase: "The economy of enough." It's in the book. Mm. Is it? Had a moment there. I've forgotten what I put in my own book. Uh, the economy of enough. And by that we mean, you know, how much money do you really need? So the, the other thing that I suppose we, one of the things that we practice is very much um, trying, and, and I think we're pretty, pretty good at actually achieving that, of firstly stewarding our finances very intentionally hopefully effectively, um, but also not being attached to them. Hmm. And so we tend to, well, we, we do little things, little things for people where we might, you know, give them some cash to go and take their spouse out or their friends, um, 
give people yeah. some food. Well, we still give it ten percent of our income away. We certainly believe that <clears throat> the best way to find mm. character strength within me is to give away financial security. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's such a challenge. Because our world basically thrives on financial security as my inner security. And, of course, it's wonderful um, making money because I can give it away. But it can, I don't, we don't put our security in finances. We put our security in who we are and what we're giving to the planet and what we're giving to others and we get paid for it. And it's a really wonderful way of, and this economy of enough of saying, do I actually really need that? No. Um, and sometimes I would like it and I buy it, but sometimes I'd say I just don't need another thing. So we've, we've had a wonderful arrangement together of understanding that and, and working that and, and wanting to be generous. Mm. Generosity is such a, a great thing. It's just much more pleasurable to give than to receive. And we have uh, been, we've been blessed and mm. we are very thankful for that blessing. Thank you for that. The next one here is talking about giving 10% and spiritual. You know what I do want to say? Yeah. It was, I, I was almost disappointed after our first show together that was afterwards we got into the discussion of faith a bit more. And so if it's okay with you to divulge that, that the message in Above the Line I was not aware of for you guys really germinated from Genesis uh, in that. So, uh, and I, I, you know, even that, I, I think most uh, the listeners here, they know who I interview. It's not always people of, of faith and not of, uh, not always of Christian faith, but it often is. And yet my, uh, what I, what I testified to you is sometimes I'll have somebody on the show who, and I'm not totally aware. Now I usually vet them to make sure they're not too far off of, uh, of center that they don't, uh, they aren't espousing values that I don't believe are best. Mm. Uh, but in this case, I was not aware of that foundation for you guys, but it's not surprising that you are. And it was such a great gift to hear that. So on that note, if you'll tell us about the spiritual side of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, as, as briefly, I'll, I'll say Mara has, has come from the world of psychology. and I've come from a world of amateur theology. Okay. And because I've been on this life search of what drives our behavior, where does it all come from? I had the revelation from Genesis, that from Genesis 2.25, when we're naked and unashamed with God, so let's just call that love. I'm naked and unashamed when I'm with love. And when I separate from love, God, when I separate, when Adam ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, um, he separated from God. And the first thing Adam did was hide. Yeah. And as the story goes, God didn't say, what did you do? That wasn't the first question. The first question was, where are you? And Adam said, I hid because I was afraid. Mm. So the first time we felt shame, the first time we felt um, any form of embarrassment, the first time we felt fear was when we separated from God. And after fear, Pride came in because then God said, made me accountable. Did you eat of the fruit? Oh, no, the woman you gave me, mm -hmm. she made me. So it's your fault and her fault. No personal responsibility. 
When I had that revelation, I went, that is the genesis of our humanity. What's the opposite to that? Well, Christ, Jesus came with humility and love to bring us back to love. And the most secure fact we have in our life is when we come back to love. Now, I I also wrote this in the book because um, when we were developing Heart Styles, we were running a a very high-level executive development program in Switzerland. And around that table that night, it was the most incredible Incredible night because we had Buddhist, well, first we had full-on atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, Christian. I think think that was it. Oh, new agey. And on a napkin, I shared these four universal principles. I didn't call them universal then because I was just coming from the fact that we had uh, humility, love, pride and fear. And... Everyone on the table agreed. Everybody agreed that it's this ego-driven pride and self-limiting fear that holds us back, and it's courageous humility and growth-driven love that drives the best in humanity. It was that night, Kevin, that, that we knew we had something and we knew we had to develop it, but we wanted to make it universal. We didn't want to put a a Christian label or a Muslim label or a Buddhist label on our work. We wanted this to be completely universal because um, God's no respecter of persons. This this can go across the globe. So when these two worlds collided from from my amateur theology and Mara's qualified psychology, um, many, many years ago, that's when we said we can develop something together and it took 18 years' work to develop it, and you know, 25 years on, it's now going across the planet. So we give, you know, we, we humble ourselves spiritually, we pray, um, we do our Bible reading every day, and it's something that um, it's just a book of life. It's the tree of life that uh, we live in. So... <laughs> There's nothing new under the heavens. There's nothing new in this book, I can tell you. It's, um, it's bigger than us. Well, I am a grateful recipient of you coming forth, and it, it needs to continually be said, as we all know. Um, career is next. Uh, what about the career spoke? You guys have done a lot. You're doing a lot uh, with the launch of this book. I know there's more opportunity than ever. What are the things you do to keep your career in the place that you want it to, on the path that you want it to? Hmm. (laughs) I think considering what we do to help others, um, part of it is actually intentionally having to practice what we preach, which sometimes is really annoying. (laughs) 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 And that is intentionally um, working on our character, you know. Um, having self-awareness and humbling ourselves if we're having a disagreement um, and even sometimes if I have to do that through gritted teeth. Uh-huh. Stephen's a little bit more noble than I am, I think. Um, so I think from, from that respect, I think we, we, do tr- we don't want to be hypocrites. I think that's the, the thing for us that we both, both agree on, that you don't want to be getting your identity and your self-worth by teaching something that benefits other people, yet you're not actually living it yourself. 
So I think for us it's always been a very, very strong value of ours to, to be congruent with that. Um, so that's, I think, for us. For, for me, because I've had such a, you know, I've got a very, what's the word, structured career, professional career, um, as a clinical psychologist and also as a neuro clinical neuropsychologist. So for me, there's, you know, peer coaching and peer supervision and learning from, from um, other colleagues. Um, that's really important. Reading, I, you know, I'm still once a neuropsychologist, always a neuropsychologist. So I still love reading uh, journal articles, probably such as your wife mm-hmm. writes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stopped writing those uh, many years ago, thank goodness, because I really didn't like doing them. Um, and yeah, just you know, just keeping up with the wonderful speed of medical technology. You know, to think, and you know, I'll start raving on there. But I think as a young, if if I could have imagined in my early years as a neuropsychologist what I see now, it's it's an absolute joy the way you know medical technology has moved so far that the things that we only hoped to be able to measure now we can. It's wonderful. So yeah. that that always gets me very excited. Steve. Yeah, I, I, we're very fortunate that our career is our mm. calling. Yeah, that's true. But we work with a lot of people who have got careers um, in different different fields. So to you know, mention some of our big clients like an engineering firm or KFC are a huge client. And these people are building buildings and cooking chicken and and for some of them they're going like, what, what's my what's my purpose here? What, and, and, you know, for us, it's very easy. Mm. But I think when you start to have a passion beyond pay, when you start to say, I'm going to serve others, how can I go into, we call it servant leadership, but it's, it, it, it's just serving others. Because when, when we are doing our career, and I, we have the statistical data from our research of over 120,000 people, that if you live and lead above the line, you will get promoted. People will see you as someone who gets results and develops people. They're task-driven and people-driven because that's what above the line is measuring. So I think if people want to further their career, we say to people, what's your passion beyond pay? We say to leaders, what is your purpose beyond profit? And if we're living purpose beyond profit and meaning beyond money and passion beyond pay, our careers grow, our businesses grow, the culture grows, and it gives people more of a reason to get up in the morning and go to work because it's bigger than cooking chicken or building buildings or you know, working on the council or doing all of that. So as I said, we're, we're quite fortunate. But I think everybody can make their career a purpose and a passion to serve others, to make a difference. And that's what spurs us on. Yeah. I, I relate. I'm grateful. I appreciate what you said about uh, not wanting to be a hypocrite and the pressure of that. I feel that with my family when I go home to share the next message, go guys, okay, you know that I struggle in this area, but here's a great truth. Uh, Check this out. Uh, But it does. I'm I'm grateful for that. It's one of the things that keeps me accountable. Um, and, mm. and I'm grateful. Uh, the last spoke here is personal. 
<laughs> and historically, I've talked about what are the things that you do for fun, uh, for play, though lately I've also been giving the term of uh, the things that you do for your own self-care, the things, uh, going back to number one, uh, Stephen, that you've got to get out and do something physical, uh, I'm sure is a highlight here. But the things that you do in those categories, tell us about that. Well, we, we love uh, history, so we, we ch chase Roman archaeology all over the world. Wow. A bit tragic, really. And, if, you know, if there's a rock somewhere, you know, somewhere in the world that someone found that's Roman archaeology, we'll go and find it. Uh, we try and get to the theatre once a week. We live in London, so we, and, you know, there's, there's what the West End, but there's, you know, 70 or 80 off-West End theatres in London. Hmm. Um, so we love getting to the theatre. We do love getting out in what Aussies call the bush, nature, um, and having. Uh, and at the same time, we love a good movie. Yes, so, we love um, our, our little bright red Vespa that we've called the the small yeah. Ferrari. Yeah. It's a mini Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got a, our Vespa that we rattle around on mm. around London. That's fun, isn't it? As well, we take rides around on that, which is nice. Um, I think for me, so yes, you you really take that personal time with your when you go out for a big run. Um, for me, I don't necessarily need to read. I need silence. So I think you said it early in the program that you are an introvert. So I'm, I'm a well, both of us actually are dreadful introverts, um, which is funny because we love people so much and our work is is with very intensely with people for five yeah. days at a time. So, um, yeah, I think for me, I need quiet time to just not actually speak to someone. Yeah. And mm. that helps. I think one of the, the other things that we haven't mentioned is once a year, we speak a week, <laughs> we spend a week apart. <laughs> because we live and work and need and breathe everything together. So <clears throat> I head off to the mountains somewhere, to the Swiss or French Alps or Himalayan, whatever, but because we live in Europe. It's very easy to get to the, the Alps. And Mara will go and do something completely different. Might be at the spa, might be. But we have that week that you just have an I week when we go back to the I, the us and the we that we talk about. And it's really, we found that really healthy for us personally and for our relationship because we work together and do everything together. So I trottle off to the hills somewhere and Mara trottles off to us. Yeah. Well, I keep coming back to things we, we relate to. That is one that my wife and I, she started it with a, what she called a mommy sabbatical where she would oh, get away. I love it. But the reality is it was a, it was also a wife sabbatical. It was in everything. And we do that probably three times a year or so. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll take turns going away for whether yeah, it's yeah, three nice. days, five days, uh, whatever, just to get that uh, alone time. I am an introvert. She's not, but she still has found uh, the great value and health of being uh, alone and out of those out of those roles a little bit. Well, thank mm. you both. It was uh, it's yeah, it's so interesting. I don't know. I'm trying to think if in the the, the couple years or more that I've done this. Uh, I don't know that I've ever done a couple uh, like this oh, uh, for the Habits okay. Show. So real interesting to hear this <laughs> and just appreciate you giving us a behind the scenes look Thank at you. the things Thank you do you. for your health that's brought you the success that you have today. Um, thanks for the time. Thanks for your heart. Thank, Thank you, you, Kevin.
Well, just great sharing from Stephen and Mara Klemek. Again, my initial show with them, number 753 with the Klemeks, where we talked about their revolutionary heart styles indicator assessment. It's only available to those who purchase their new book, Above the Line. But for Ziegler listeners, uh, from January 25th, 2020 to February 25th, 2020, they can get the uh, take the assessment at no cost. Go to heartstyles.com slash Ziegler. And follow the instructions, use the access code Ziggler2020 to get access to the indicator and assessment. Heartstyles.com slash Ziggler and all caps use the code Ziggler2020. If you're listening after February 25th, 2020, of course, you can get the book above the line and take the assessment there. I highly recommend it. Coming up in episode 756, how to treat difficult or insignificant people. Well, how we treat people has a direct, immediate, and long-term impact on us just as much or more as what we eat, for instance. I mean, if you live on fast food, you're going to end up looking and feeling like a milkshake. Well, treating difficult people like they deserve and how you treat random people you come into contact with in life can be slowly poisoning you and uh, depending on your attitude. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. Most people are going to testify that to treating, you know, all the people well all the time, no matter what, but few of us truly do. And minimizing the issue is a great disservice to us. So this, again, this is, this is about us, which is why we bring the issue up here. Now in this episode, I play a four and a half minute clip from Zig Ziglar about how we treat people, what it says about us, what it does to us. And then I posted this question to the Ziglar audience. Are there people in your life? Life, who you struggle to treat as you would want to be treated, whether close relationships or even people you infrequently encounter and have to interact with. Uh, most of the responses address difficult people in our lives, more intimate issues. But I brought Tom Ziegler onto the show and we talked through the comments, but start off discussing what I call the insignificant people that Zig references. Uh, if you think you treat everyone well or not affected by this issue, I greatly, greatly encourage you to listen in. Well, till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <music> 